0: What's up we've episode is brought to you by State Bags. State Bags makes beautiful, well-made, cool products for every State Bag purchase. State Bags hand delivers a backpack packed with essentials for American children and need. State Bags is offering our listeners 15% off using the code POD at statebags.com. That is P-O-D, POD, for 15% off your next purchase at State Bags. State Bags, they've got your back. everybody welcome back to Weebcast, and thank you bow for doing today's sponsor um on this episode state bags and thank you everybody for tuning into this episode and thank you for supporting um some of the most recent episodes here on the on the podcast especially the episode i did with the strictly series podcast network my friends over there courtney and carl two lovely people you guys need like i said keep checking them out keep checking their pot keep checking the show check out the uh website at the uh the strictly series.com. but um thank you for the support on that episode hope you guys it seems like you guys really like the episode um judging from it so i'm, I'm happy for that um because i really enjoyed doing, recording the episode and putting that out there for you guys um but over the i got some and like you can see on today's episode I'm going to be talking a little bit more into the anime industry, um, specifically on one studio, and that's going to be Studio Mappa, um, and how 2020 has really been, <laughs> really been their year, to be honest. Um, we're going to talk about their their rise, their beginnings, their shortcomings, and all that good and juicy stuff, but before we get into all that, I want to let you, know, you guys know that you... Yes, you. You can support WeebCast and make it even better by jumping on and becoming um, an all-access Weeb by pledging to Patreon. And it's real easy. This is all you have to do. All you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash Show. You can do, there's three pledging options. I got a, a dollar a month, a $2 a month one, and a $3 a month one, all with a lot of perks. The $1 a month one, you get episodes days early you get episodes with no ads um and then you also get bonus content without ads as well um the two dollar option you get all that and even more you get to choose a topic you can jump on live shows with me um you get first dibs on on if you want to be a guest and run episodes with me all kinds of good stuff and with the two dollar one you get even more bonus shows bonus shows that include um that will have shows that Bo, my co-host, will produce herself. Um, we've already got ideas. We've already got some of actually Some of it's already been recorded. Um, all we have to do is just wait for people, you know, wait for some people maybe to get into the that second tier of the $2 a month tier, and then we'll start putting those out there for you guys as well. And the $3 a month, you know what? I don't want to get, look, a lot of juicy stuff, AMAs, behind-the-scenes content, um, and so much more, um, and that's just for $3, but like I said, three tiers, we got a $1, got a $2 one, and a $3 one, all chock full with stuff that you would like, and I already got content already on the Patreon, to get you guys started, um, so hop on to patreon.com forward slash Show and pledge to Patreon, and become closer to your favorite anime and manga show on the internet, Weep cast. um, but yeah, also, Follow the follow the Instagram at webcast TV, and follow my Twitter at uh, Based Senpai. Um But I shouldn't waste any more time, and I kind of want to get into today's topic, and that is pretty much the very the rapid success and uh, of MAPA, of Studio Mappa. It, it's it's such it's a meteoric rise seen with success after success after success. Um I mean when I say that I shouldn't say that it's because there were there were some pitfalls, there are some dips in their in their steady climb. But we'll get all get to that. Um but let's start in the beginning. Let's start in the beginning, oh let's go back to two thousand and eleven. Um that is when Studio Mopka opened um, and in the past nine years, Studio Mappa has become a very, very popular studio among, amongst anime fans for their attention to detail uh, in the stories they produce. Studio Mappa was led by uh, Masoa uh, Murayama, uh, the co founder and the producer of Studio Madhouse, before he left in 2016 to create Studio M2. Uh, needless to say, uh, MAPA, took off running, and people who, and Matt, Studio Madhouse, you should be pretty familiar with With Madhouse, I mean, Madhouse have done incredible, has produced incredible shows over the years, um, one of my favorite underrated Studio Madhouse production was the Torico OVA they did years ago, I want to say maybe 2014, maybe might be older than that, um, like they have done notable enemies, but this one was different because Toei was doing Toriko, the, the TV series. But Studio Madhouse did one of the OVA movies. And I've never thought Toriko looks cool. Toriko, if you ever read the manga, Toriko is a badass uh, hunter chef. I mean he's not really a chef, but he can cook a little bit. But he, you know, he, he gathers the ingredients. So expert chefs can cook them, but. He, he, he's a bad. He's he's kind of he's a macho badass. He's a really typical shonen hero, something of a time before the tip, our shonen heroes we're kind of seeing today. But he he never looked so goddamn good with studio, with Madhouse uh, animating his his fork, his knife, his nail gun punches. Um, it, it's it was ridiculous. Uh, if you want to see something underrated done by Madhouse, check out the, that Torico or OVA. It won't be too hard to search, uh search up. Um but I think you can actually find it on YouTube at this point. Like it's it's pretty it's that old. But um back to Studio Mama. They they currently have about 25 or 27 aired shows and two films actually under the belt. And some of these works include Terror in Resonance. Rage of Bahamut, Genesis and and Virgin Soul, uh, Hajime no Ippo Rising, Kakudare Guri, Doro, Dodo. In um, the film, um, this corner of the world, and, and they have many more works to air, and a few that are currently in production right now. But we got to let's like I said, I wondered this on the beginning because we're gonna start with their 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 their, their debut. Sorry if I can speak, and that's Kids on the Slope. Mappa's first entry, uh, Kids on the Slope, came out in 2012 and was co-produced with Tezuka Productions. And the series is set in 1966 and it follows a person named Karu Nishimi, a classical pianist who moves to Kyushu, uh, who meets Sentaro uh, Kawabuchi, who's a big-hearted drummer and is usually is mistaken as like a common thug. Due to his stature and his demeanor and the look of his face, but Sentaro and karu become an unlikely friendship, and it stems from Sentaro introducing Karo to jazz music. And the series kind of documents their friendship, their life together, and the effects of jazz music that it has on the both of them. Um, the, the closest thing I can compare it to is Your Lie in April, but The Kids on the Slope offers a way more realistic life. In Japan during the 60s uh, and the show doesn't feel like a typical anime really it really feels like watching a drama due to its like its deep roots in reality um, just how realistic the characters are it's almost as if they were it based on you know actual people um, and as a show that focuses on music the musical sections of the show make you know really take the limelight and Mappa's attention to detail here when it comes to the animation, is is pretty is really apparent in the scenes that have the characters playing with their instruments. You know, the fluidity of the characters and the the instruments um, movement shows that Mapa doesn't really mess around when it comes to animating their sequences. Um. So now, when I was writing this part, because I didn't know, because this is going to change. This is going to change, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit probably a little bit later on but i'll say this for now because i think technically this is still true for now this key words guys make sure you guys are um for your we historians that you guys make sure that i'm saying that for now they're most famous for the anime they're most famous for is yuri on ice now this is a show that needs very little introduction as it was the, one of the most popular anime of 2016, and the show follows Japanese skater uh, Yuri Katsuki. After he takes a break from his skating career in order to sort himself out, you know, go by by going back home, and one day he perfectly recreates a performance by his idol, idol uh, Victor uh, Nikerforth. I don't know how to say his last name. I'll just say Victor. And Victor sees this and rushes to Japan to become Yuri's coach um, for the next season. And throughout the series, you know, the relationship between Yuri and Victor changes from idol to admirer, uh, coach to student, and finally romantic partners in an organic way. And the show is really one of the few shows that depict a LGBTQ plus relationship respectively and in a realistic way. And the show did draw some criticism, for not explicitly stating their relationship, but it, it, I got you know fans of the show or fans of the series, I guess argue that they you know they didn't really need to state it since it was pretty extremely obvious. But but more importantly, the show did introduce a legion of fans into the ice skating world, and which is a big thing. Um, the team went behind the team behind the show. You know, stated that they went to great, great, great lengths to depict ice, the ice skating world. Uh, and even went as far as to travel and watch skating competitions. Um, there were some people that did an interview with the creator, Sayo Yamamoto. And I got to see if I can find that interview. I'll post it on Twitter um, if, if I can find it. But I remember reading this interview where these people uh, spoke, sat down, a, uh, and spoke with Sayo Yamamoto about the work that, that went into to do justice in the skating room. And which is really important because for a big fan who's a big fan of Slam Dunk, who I think is one of the, not only one of, I think the greatest sports manga of all time, but I think it's up there as one of the greatest just, uh, stories in Japanese comics. Um, that it introduces people into a world of a sport that they probably previously have not been accustomed to. And like I said, like Slam Dunk, and I've said it I've said it on through the entire course of the show. We have, what, 40, 41 some episodes out uh, on Weepcast. But my very first episode was on sports and manga, and I talk all about that, about Slam Dunk and its influence. Um, and why it's such an important manga in Japanese culture. So check that out. It's the very first episode of Weepcast Sports and Manga, but... Like many sports anime, the series introduced Legion fans to the ice skating world and who became, you know, quickly became fans of actual skaters. And some of these skaters include Japanese skater Yuzuru Hanyu, uh, Russian skater Evgenia Medenva, uh, and the late Kazakhan the skater Dennis Ten. Uh, and many of these skaters have also recreated scenes from the anime. Like, raved about how amazing it was to see their sport immortalized through the show. Um, and Mappa also stated that a prequel film was in the works. Um, on you Ice Adolescence was the first it was first announced in 2018 with a uh, 20 I think it was supposed to come out last year with a 2019 release, but the film has been delayed with no confirmed release date at the moment. Um, and that was that was delayed before COVID in 2020 so i and with this year i don't know i'm not sure how production is going or uh, is the movie even done yet but we'll, we'll see um what we do know though is that the movie the film was meant to be a prequel to the events of the anime so there's some good news for you or not yuri on ice fans right there but um and now to a different a different work Maybe not their most popular work they've done, but a very, 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 mo- one of their one of their other popular works, but with a little different uh, angle, different take, you know, banana fish. This 2018, was it 2018? I think it was 2018. This 2018 show isn't for the faint of heart because as it deals with sexual violence, regular vi- violence, drugs. And everything in between, but um, base it's and it's based on the 1985 to the started in I think the manga started in 1985 and then ended I think around 1994. Um, of the same name, the manga name same banana fish, and MAPU revisited this series to commemorate its 30th anniversary, and the show depict depicts the budding relationship of a between a teenage New York gang leader um ash links and the japanese photographer assistant Eiji okamoto and the manga was extremely popular with females and males when it came out um, and it influenced and it really was one of the more inf- influencing um boys love genre to its depiction of ash and Eiji's relationship especially at that time um in the late 80s early 90s because um, really throughout the series Ash is constantly sexually assaulted by his guardian. And and as a result of his abuse, has really never known what love really is. And so this is where Edgy really comes into the the play here. And he shows what Ash, what it means to be really loved. Um, And the series mainly focuses on the ordeals the duo has to go through because of Ash's abuser and how their love grows during the course of the series. Instead of relying on typical um fan service tropes and, and MAPA took the show and reworked it to match with the present time New York to the point where the staff members went to New York to do research for the show um uh, you should definitely ch- check out some because I think the, the um some of the staff members of MAPA have talked about it publicly I believe about the work they had to go through. And the production they went through on Banana Fish. Um, and they really. And they talked about a little bit about how. How they were able to bring the story. From you know from the late 80s to the early 90s. To the you know 2010s of 2018. Um, for a modern audience. Um, now for a show that really. Just comes out of nowhere. You know. A punch, you know, punch from your blind spot. Uh, a, a ball shot out into left field, baseball. But and that's one of my one of my faves. I guess you can call it almost a guilty pleasure. And that's Zombieland Saga. By the end of 2018, a lot of people had enough of the half-baked idol shows. And if you're sp- and speaking to a person like me, um, who's never really on that bandwagon or train. I was a little I was done with it long before that but I digress but still no one was quite ready because I know I wasn't Was was for what Zombieland Saga would bring to audiences because Zombieland Saga is one of the most recent idol shows that had audience invested in a, in the group um French Chocho and its undead members um well each episode follows a similar idol backstory the show took advantage of having zombies as the main focus of the show, and wasted no time in making comedic goals by taking advantages by taking advantages of just of having an undead cast. Um, and Mappa did something that they got praise from a, from a worldwide audience. They introduced a transgender character, and while this gained some controversy um, and a few select spots. The audience loved the show for the inclusion of the character, for the most part. Lily and her assertion and her identity, as well, as well as the character's reaction to her discovering she was born male, Lily soon became the talk of the internet and, and gave many transgender people, um, a character that they could really connect with. Um, and this cemented, really, I think it is one of, this is one of the shows really cemented Mappa's representation as. As one of the most LGBTQ-friendly studios, and they repeatedly handled the characters in a respectful manner. Like I just, like I was talking with uh, you and Ice. Like, um, now their most recent is well, mm, the most recently one that has ended, I guess, for now, because I'm going to talk about another one. Another one was a little more recent and a little one that one is everyone's watching worldwide, but one of their more recent ones is Doro Hedro. This 2020 show follows Kaiman and his journey to finding the sorcerer responsible for turning his head into a reptile and raised and erasing his memory. Starting off strong, aren't we? Right. And he kind of, he travels around this with his friend, um, Nikaido assaulting sorcerers and the duo eventually gets the attention of a powerful sorcerer and and n then sends his cleaners to eradicate kaiman and starts this really big elaborate cat and mouse game between n and kaiman um and for this show mappa uses 2d and 3d animation um and the visuals were honestly striking and this is coming from someone who who typically despises, despises, what I mean despises, despises 3D animation, um, and especially 2D animation mixed with 3D animation, and I say that because it's, uh, it's never used quite right, and it's never used to enhance a show, it's just kind of used, um, to fill in gaps of story or characters or design, and uses it as a kind of as like a mask or a shield to like block from, from, you know, from people not noticing the pitfalls of the show. But in reality, it really just enhances them. Um, but I will say though, while some of the, uh, some of the, some scenes in the show, Enduro Hedro the figure animation does make them seem a little bit choppy. But the studio kind of really works around it to make it look as best as possible and and they do really mix with the 2D, applying the 2D animation pretty well as well, however, it's still pretty choppy, and, and a lot of scenes do kind of lose some of their impact, but because it is, but the show itself is still interesting, I think the story carries it, and the characters carry the show uh, strong enough, even with some of the choppy scenes, um, and it's still worth the watch, I mean, the show launched in net, on Netflix with, this summer I believe this 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 summer uh May 28th so you guys check that out on Netflix um um but what's next for Studio MAPA so many great shows so many successes what's next well MAPA already has a pretty good list of anime ready for release and most of these shows have been delayed but you know they're ready to go and some of these shows start you know shows include the Mappa originals listeners the God of High School, uh, which is based on a webtoon of the same name. Um, we got Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, Mr. Love, Queen's Choice was based on a Chinese mobile dating sim. And then finally, we got the final season of Attack on Titan, which is going to be incredible. And while the news of the change shocked the fans because people were originally held by WIT Studio, it's still a welcome change. And as fans fans know that MAPA will most definitely do the final season um some justice there um now next coming up next I'm gonna be talking about one of those shows Jujutsu Kaisen a little more closely with Studio Mappa um I'm gonna be talking about that I'm gonna be talking about Mappa and Jujutsu Kaisen I'm gonna be talking about how they adapt manga um definitely gonna have to talk about some places where they kind of stump or Studio Mappa stumbled over their course of history, um, their wins and losses, and, and, and some more, and and so much more. So, um, right after the ad break, I'm gonna see you on the side, and we're gonna we're gonna f- talk a little bit of Studio Mappa with actually there with going We have to talk about somewhere where they took some L's. It's not many, but it's it is what it is, and every studio has its weakness, and we're gonna go over. Studio MAPA's weakness right after this. I'll see you guys on the other side. Let me just be real with you guys. When you think of anime, you think of Crunchyroll. When you think of food delivered real fast, you think of Postmates. So when you think of podcasting... What do you think of, or at least when I think about podcasts, I think about Anchor. Anchor is the perfect place if you want to start your podcast. You can talk about all kinds of things. You don't just have to talk about some weave stuff that I talk about. See... Hey, yo, what's up? Welcome back to we guys. Thank you for sticking around. I really do appreciate it. Um, like I said, we're gonna be finishing up on some MAPA stuff because I want to talk about Jujutsu Kaisen and and why it's and and how MAPAs handle it. It's really making Mapa Studios the best, most I guess the pro- most prolific studio of 2020. Um what is that, I wonder what that means, you know, I mean, this is the year of COVID, right, this is the year of the pandemic, and people, and for my basketball, a few basketball people that listen to the show, which, you know, may be a really small subsection, so I may lose a lot of you guys saying this, but a lot of people were wondering, whoever won the NBA finals for this year, would it, you know, how much would that championship be worth, how much is it, you know, because it's the year people sat out because of COVID, um, it, was just, it was done differently than and then in most playoffs previously. Obviously, it had to be done differently. It was played in a bubble, in the NBA bubble, down in Florida. So, so many different circumstances were playing into it, which probably changes the variability of who would be a bet, the better team, have the best mindset, and all that stuff. So, I wonder what that means for... I don't know. I'm genuinely asking. You know, I think mopa's is has been one of the better studios of 2020, and then when I thought about it when doing this episode, I'm like, what does that mean, though, really, you know, what does that actually mean, but, um, then maybe that's another point, that's another thing, maybe an end of the year episode, we'll probably do something around that, but, um, in the eight, nine years, MAPA has emerged as one of the most recognizable studios in anime, in the anime world, and for good reason, from its early collaborations with Shinicho Watanabe to the global phenomenon as Ice to the well received classic ma- manga adaptations as Dodo Roro uh, and Banana Fish, Mappa has established itself as the studio that can, you know, competently handle any genre. And 2020 has been Mappa's most prolific year yet, as I p- previously stated. The studio has produced eight series in, in total this year. I think eight or nine, actually. Three of which are part of the current fall season and the upcoming *Attack on Titan* final season. Um, and his journey through this difficult year has not been the smoothest all the way, but ultimately, studios highs—you know—the studio highs exceed its lows in 2020. Um... MAPPA is really one of the champions of manga adaptations. Truly, many of the best MAPPA productions have been manga adaptations, and this year is no exception. MAPPA has adapted the cult classic Doro Hedera uh, this past winter, Um, and the anime perfectly captures the quirky yet gory tone of the original manga, and impressively kind of recreating the mangaka Q Hayashida's chaotic yet really meticulous art style. It has some of the highest quality CG animation in all of anime, aside from maybe Orange's production, like B Stars, Land of the uh, Lustrous. Um, even its incredibly trippy opening and ending served as a delightful blast of a silly, fun. You know, at a time where most people desperately needed some silly and fun entertainment. Um, Mappa's big show of the summer uh, was was the popular webtoon adaptation of the god of high school um and the series ultimately res- received mixed reviews which i want to do a review of god of high school now to think about it while i'm talking about it on that subject let me i'm getting a little distracted but this is what we do here at we but i have some written up about what my thoughts about god when i've kind of sprinkled some of it through some episodes over the summer and into the fall, but I never explicitly spent some time and talked about it, because I didn't think it was all that worth it, but increasingly, I'm starting to see that it might be worth to talk about it a little bit more, Um, because I just get, it's one of, it's, I don't want to say it's, it's literally one of my favorite webtoons, really, it's one of my favorite webtoons, I love it, it's cheesy, great action hero fighting stuff webtoon, I love every bit of it, love the art and I was, and, but the anime, God, um, the fighting scenes, excellent, um, the story, it's, uh, story, and the things, the story, the story was never it, uh, like, uh, um, Lord of the Rings, you know, One Piece, Naruto, Tower of God, like, story building kind of thing. It was never meant to be that type of, type of webtoon. but the way Malpa has did its pacing, um, the incomplete world building, things that they left out, um, the narrative issues, it just kind of highlighted a lot of, if it's lack of story, and it was really trying to, really just trying to move from fight to fight as quick as possible. So they didn't expose some of the lack of the narrative, uh, of any narrative of any kind. Um, but the the action animation was outstanding. Um, so that was the, one of the real good. That was one of the only bright spots in it, and it was a clear display of the studio's talent. But luckily, MAPA's latest manga adaptation, Jujutsu Kaisen, has all the elements. That make a great anime. It perfectly combines an intense story, um, likable characters, and spectacular visuals. The three things is one of my. F- it's it's really the three cornerstones I look for in any anime. It could be any anime, gag anime, mm. serious anime, action, sci-fi, romance, shota, anything. But those three things for me. You're gonna learn something here from Weebcast right here. Listen up there's three things that you should look into an anime if you want to seriously like, if you seriously think it's good, at least it has, it has a good story, you know, I use the word intense, but it doesn't have to be an intense story, it just has to be a, um, thriving story, likable characters, and spectacular visuals, those are three important things, and it's already considered one of the top contenders of the anime, of anime of the year, which we're going to talk about that, because I don't know when Crunchyroll is going to be doing their, um, anime awards I'm, I'm assuming it's coming up i really don't pay attention um i usually don't pay attention to a lot of these anime awards done by these websites and blogs and all that stuff but i was thinking about it and i was thinking about week guys i think i'm going to do my own end of the anime awards i think i'm going to do it i'm going to do it right I'm gonna do it better than these other. I'm gonna do it better than Crunchyroll. I'm gonna do it better than Funimation. I don't know Funimation does awards. I'll do it better than Reddit, and I love Reddit, but maybe well, let's think about that. Get me. We only got a very little time left in 2020, but let's finish it off. Let's finish this this whacked out year right with a Weebcast Anime of the Year Award show. I'll have guests. I can have people on. We can talk about. It. You know what? Let's do that. If I can set it up, I'll definitely do it. If I can do it, it may not be in December. It might be in January, but we'll. we'll let's, I'm gonna try to put that together. But moving on. Um, episode seven of the. Uh, I think episode seven was the latest episode, I believe. At least the time of this recording. I'm sorry. Uh, episode seven trended globally. As the most powerful character, Gojo Saturo flexed his sorcery skills and while Mappa showed off his animation skills in surpassing a lot of people's expectations. Um, and Mappa's success with Jutsu Kaisen may have put some you know, anxious Attack on Titan fans' hearts at easier. As they eagerly await the final season of Attack on Titan, the trailers put out by Mappa has already looked good as those from the anime's previous animation studio with um now like I, like i said before the break you know every animation studio i feel like has a weakness you know and i think studio mappa's weakness is that they have stumbled with some original anime 2020 has not been mappa's year when it comes to original animation you know while the studio had past successes with original stories especially with year and ice zombie saga and last year's um uh what was it sadurazami this year's two big mapa originals listeners and the gymnastic samurai were both the better like, say just underwhelming unless they weren't particularly bad i feel like they were just weaker than what people expected and they were, you know we just thought we just expected a little bit more probably but spring 20 of you know, spring season of 2020 Listeners had the ambitious goal of combining Mecha with rock music. And, I, and you're probably thinking, like, Chris, like, see the, that sounds a pretty damn good mix. How could, what, what do you mean? And the story takes place in a world where music does not exist. And the protagonists have to drive giant Mechas to fight monsters called Earless. You know, however, this, you know, this intriguing premise and the well-done animation are really ultimately ruined by a cliched story and just really flat boring characters though rock fans may appreciate the references hidden throughout the anime you know but references alone doesn't really make a good anime so in such success they make the story feel too self-indulgent um the other one the other letdown uh was the gymnastic samurai produced simultaneously with as the opposite problem of the listeners, this series has had a solid, if you know, offbeat story, has fun characters, but the animation doesn't generally execute the story as well as it could. Um, conceptually, the anime seems to want to re- replicate the success of Hero on Ice. but with MAPPA having so much shows in production at the same simultaneously, it feels like this series has gotten a short end uh, of the stick visually unfortunately um, the animation quality has improved in recent episodes so here's you know i'm just you know as i raise my cup of water as you know as a toast and for hoping it's continued positive trend um because it has not has not started out great um but all in all those were just two l's you know what i'm saying mapa certainly has more wins than losses here the rest of Mappa's 2020 lineup can only be described as forgettable winters uchitama it's it's adorable anime but and series Mappa co-produced it with uh lapping track i believe and it's based on the character franchise sony creative products and designed to sell merchandise you know and this series could have been made by literally any other studio but and just be successful at selling products but though it's wild to think that this and doro hedoro were produced at the same time by the same studio. Um, and if you think I sound shocked, because I am, you guys really need to look at this Uchitama show. I I watched it, and I think I watched it, and I think I talked about it in one of the episodes very briefly. To think that that show and Doro Hedoro was being produced by the same studio at the same time is, it's it's incredible. Um, God, that staff is talented. Um, so talented. And I, it's, it's weird to think that they were doing such a weird, cutesy, dog animal hybrid kind of show while doing this ultimate, artsy, gory show like Dora Hedro. But um, another show that I, I think I briefly referenced was My Glove Queen's Choice. And that was from the summer. Um, and that represents a, kind of a slight departure from Mappa's usual fare. You know, it's an adaptation of a popular um, Ultome game. I think it's a it's a it's from a, a dating sim game in China, and this is I think this was Mop's first ultimate series, and the series features a very complex world with superpowers and an evil cult. Arguably, it's it's a little too complex for its own good, but you know, having to constantly juggle juggle between four male leads presents a challenge for for any real sense of coherent storytelling, especially given the overly complicated backstories. like I'm not gonna go into that show too much, but overall, MAPA has produced more high quality anime in a troublesome year than many studios have in a normal year. And even if it's least successful, listeners still has an above average animation and pretty good music. It's dominion over the fall season uh, with the outstanding Jutsu Kaisen. Is undeniable. And MAPA has become a powerhouse. In the anime industry. Achieving a balance between quality. Um, and quantity. Few other studios. Has ever rarely. Rarely ever achieved. Um, thank you. For. Tuning in to this episode. Of Weebcast, The number one anime MAPPA show. On the internet. Um. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you learned a few things about Studio MAPPA and why they've dominated the year of 2020 and um hope we give you some excitement to watch more Jujutsu Kaisen cuz that show is great. Um and hope you get you ready for the final season of Attack on Titan cuz I think they're going to absolutely kill it. Um was that December 7th of, of this year? December 7th, right? So, whew, it's going to be great. It's going to be crazy. Um, I was gonna say, maybe at the end of, since we're at the end of the show, maybe we could do some housekeeping, um, right at, next week, the week after, next Friday, next episode, I will have a Burn the Witch, um, review, yes, finally, it's gonna be a little, it's a few weeks late, It's gonna, by the time that comes out, it's gonna be over a month since, um, burn the witch has ended with the three-part movie and then the manga i'm gonna focus a little bit on the anime though man on the on the on the anime in that review but let's let's just say i'm really excited for it mainly because i love it talking about anything dealing with kubo i love kubo um is he like my favorite mangaka i don't know maybe not but i just love talking about the man kubo such an interesting character uh he creates even just just as much as interesting characters and interesting world um and that's what i'm going to talk about in that burn the witch um review for next episode talk about its world building its magic its connection to the bleach universe um and all that good stuff And between we'll talk about the characters as well um probably even talk about how i think it's 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 gonna ride the momentum of a dual protagonist um, manga anime formula that's only recently now being used again. Um, we're seeing a wave of shows and manga now doing that. Like uh, the more the, the more recent one I can remember that's done it really well, and I think was was B Stars. Um, B Stars, you didn't think it didn't see, it didn't start out as. I think when most people read B Stars, they don't think of it as of having a dual protagonist story, but it really does. Um, it doesn't really start until after that very first little arc with Legacy and Bill, the, the Bengal tiger, and their, their little fight at the play. But after that, it's been really nothing, but it's really been the Louie and Legacy show or manga for up from that point on to the very end. And it builds and it just keeps building and building stronger, stronger as the arcs, continue until we get to the last arc with uh, melon and all that stuff um but you know like i said i'm gonna talk more about that when i when i talk about burn the witch and review it a little much more in depth um right now i'm just kind of just some garbage time here at the end of the show but um so i got that i got that coming up so next week got the uh, burn the witch um and then the week after that um uh, Cause we'll probably be into, into December at that point. I think we'll be into December at that point. I got to check actually. Yeah. Cause so next week I'll have to burn the witch and then the week after we'll already be in that first week of December. So I'll probably, and that'll be some filler. I, I, I mean not filler, but it would be, be a week to have a free. Cause there's really nothing going on that month. That first week. I mean obviously the Attack on Titan, I definitely want to do a review of that first episode with the animation, how they adapted and all that good stuff. So that'll probably be the week after. But that first week in December, I'm doing a little fun thing. I'm gonna be talking about spin-offs. Because I feel like it's been the year spin-offs in 2021 and we'll continue that. But it's been such a revival for shows coming back and having spin-offs or just coming back. And I want to do an episode just on my favorite spin-offs of all time. Or not of all time, but maybe I should just talk about the ones that have been done really, really well. I think I'll start there first. But um, so that's what we're kind of coming up here up on week, guys. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Thank you for allowing my voice into your ears and into your, into your homes. This has been C-Dub, a.k.a. Marie, a.k.a. the independent variable, a.k.a. I've been, been thirsty for some coffee. Um, and this has been for you guys but I'm out of 3000 hope you guys have a lovely day and a lovely weekend actually see ya